Chapter 25 of Radio Boys in the Secret Service. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sahil Dalal from India. Radio Boys in the Secret Service by J. W. Duffield. The Fog Pirate at Bobstay. Suddenly, Guy was thrilled with a romantic explanation. The diamonds? But where? Apparently the visitor had no suspicion of the presence of anyone else on the yacht. He did not look into the place where the boys lay. He moved straight ahead, as if bound for a certain point, and disappeared around the port side of the deckhouse. Guy arose and went to his sleeping brother, and shook him gently. Walter awoke and sat up. Keep still, Walt, whispered Guy. There's somebody on the boat. It's Consite. What? Also whispered. Yes, it is. I just saw him. How could you recognize him in the dark? It's moonlight and he's got ways and actions you couldn't mistake. He shaved off his moustache and goatee, but I know him anyway. What does he want here? The diamonds, I suppose. You know Watson said he'd get rid of them somewhere at sea. Hit them on the boat? Must have. Watson was asleep. He ought to have guessed the truth. While this whispered conversation was going on, the boys slipped on their trousers and were soon ready to move silently out on the deck and watch the movements of the midnight visitor. They walked around to the starboard of the deckhouse and to the forward end. Here they stopped. Mr. Gunsight was in plain view and busy. He was on his knees at the bow, pulling up from the water something attached with a small rope to the bobstay chain. While still engaged in this strange occupation, he cast behind him a look of instinctive watchfulness and saw the boys almost as soon as they saw him. With a cry of alarm and rage, the man cut the rope with a knife and sprang to his feet. That voice was the last needed evidence to remove any remaining doubt from Guy's mind as to the fellow's identity. It was the voice of the fog pirate. Gunsight held in one hand a small package, dripping wet, but with the other hand he drew a pistol. The boys now realized that they were in a dangerous position and began to back away, while the intruder moved towards the wharf. But suddenly, there was a second change in the situation. Another man appeared on the scene. This new arrival also had a pistol. He stepped out of the shadow of the bluff, pointed his weapon at the smuggler, and commanded, Drop that gun, or I'll shoot. A great shudder shook Gunsight. A gasp escaped his lips, and he dropped his firearm. As he hit the deck, the man on the wharf said, Pick up his gun, boys, and stand ready to help if he gets ugly. Walter sprang forward and snatched up the weapon. Then a newcomer stepped aboard and snapped a pair of bracelets on the wrist of Gunsight. I'm a secret service man, he announced as he secured the prisoner. Did Mr. Watson send you? Guy inquired. Yes. Why didn't he come himself? He would have been recognized, and there would have been nothing doing. I followed this man from New York. Watson couldn't have done that. By the way, he told me to tell you, his name isn't Watson. It's just plain John Smith. Our story's finished, said Guy quickly turning to his brother. What story? The latter inquired blankly. What story, you simp? 
Why, your story and mine. You're the chief hero, and I'm the second. Think of it. Trip to Europe, mysterious man on the train. Pickett, his confederate in London. Smithers, their agent on the streamer. Consight, the detective. The wreck, the iceberg, the radio, rescue, and now. The arrest of the leading villain. I'd been wondering if it would ever be a luck to have this adventure finished, so we could be the real heroes of a novel. If it's ever written, returned Walter dubiously. And it isn't quite finished, too. There are Smithers and Pickett to be arrested. Suppose they're never caught. That doesn't make a particle of difference, declared Guy. The jewels have been found in the cleverest hiding place, tied to the bobstay, and the most interesting villain is arrested. How do you like that for a compliment, Mr. Gunsight? Most interesting villain? But the smuggler was not in an appreciative mood. He only snarled. The secret serviceman introduced himself as Mr. Hunt. Then he made note of the names of the boys, informed them that they would hear from the Department of Justice later, and left with the package of smuggled treasure in one hand and leading his handcuffed prisoner with the other. Guy spoke truly when he remarked that his and Walter's story was finished. There were indeed a few odds and ends of the tangles of mysteries to be cleared up, but all this required time and did not come with the rapidity of succeeding melodramatic chapters. Gunsight was convicted and sent to a federal prison after several months' delay. From some mysterious source, he obtained all the money he needed to pay the expenses of his defense, but Walter and Guy were not much puzzled over the mystery. Stanley Pickett also was arrested, but was discharged due to a lack of evidence to convict. However, almost as these words are being written, there comes announcement that he has been taken in custody on another similar charge. Mr. Smithers is still at large in London, a respectable jeweller in Blonde Street. R.T. Fletcher had something to say regarding the gentleman in several letters written to Guy, and one of those letters is of particular interest at this point. We reproduce it here. Dear Guy, when I got your letter telling of the arrest of those two smugglers, I just couldn't rest until I had sprung it on Smithers. I saw things differently, and a lot of explanations flashed before me like a bobby's light in a fog. Smithers had left the hotel, but I went to his store and presented myself to him. He pretended not to know me, but I grinned in his face and said, Oh, come now, Mr. Tennis Racket Wireless Shoes, you know me very well. Have you forgot the time you fixed it up with one gun sight of the funny voice, him to hold up the young American, Guy Burton, in the fog, so you could jump in sudden with a pistol and save him from being robbed? He turned as pale as a ghost, and I knew I'd hit him where it hurt. But I didn't stop there. I gave him another before he could recover. Gunsight and Pickett have both been arrested in America, I said. You ought to have seen him. I thought he was going to collapse. Then he pulled himself together and flew into a rage and after me. I knew that what was best for Artie and cut sticks. He didn't catch me. What do you think happened next day? I was discharged at the hotel. I know Smithers did it, but although no explanation was given to me. But it was the best thing that ever happened, and I hope it will prove the worst for Smithers. I went to the detective agency and told the boss my story. He was interested right away. I found they'd been watching Smithers for somebody over on your side, maybe the government. I told them I wanted to be a detective, hardly expecting it would do me any good. But Guy, the boss, after a secret confab with somebody else, offered me a job and told me if I made good on a smuggling case, he'd keep me. 
I thought from the way that the chief talked, he was going to make me one of his star sikkim dogs. But he didn't. He gave me only a position as clerk, with a salary of four shillings less than what I got at the hotel. But I didn't care for salary, just so I had enough to live on. It was just an opportunity for me. And I haven't forgotten, Guy, that I owe a whole lot of it to you. They really needed a boy in the office and to run errands. But I soon found out that the reason I got the job was because of what I knew about Smithers. And I'm having some real detective work to do. They're after Smithers hard, but they haven't been able to get the goods on him. I hope before long I'll land him. If I do, you may be sure I'll let you know right away. End of chapter 25 Recording by Sahil Dalal from India End of Radio Boys in a Secret Service by J.W. Duffield